Hot Springs Village Inside Out is a closer look at the greatness of Hot Springs Village, Arkansas and the surrounding areas, people, places, experiences. Hot Springs Village is one of the most beautiful places on earth. Join me, Randy Cantrell, and my co-host Dennis Simpson as we engage in weekly conversations to explore Hot Springs Village Inside Out. Today's show is brought to you by Central Arkansas's favorite radio station, KVRE. Find them on the dial at 92.9 FM. Stream them live, kvre.com. Remax of Hot Springs Village. The award-winning Remax of Hot Springs Village is the largest real estate office inside the village with over 30 full-time agents and support staff. Visit them to learn more about this beautiful place to solve your real estate needs. Call them today at 1-800-364-9007. Find them online at explorehsv.com. They are Remax of Hot Springs Village at 1-800-364-9007 or online at explorehsv.com. Ike Eisenhower State Farm. Ike and his award-winning team have been serving the insurance needs of folks all around Hot Springs Village since 1998. Ike has qualified for State Farm's President's Club, Chairman's Circle, and Hot Springs Village Insurance Agent of the Year. Call Ike Eisenhower State Farm today at 501-984-4100. That's 501-984-4100. Find them online at IkeEisenhower.net. Call them today for all your insurance needs because, like a good neighbor, Ike Eisenhower State Farm is there. Again, two of the analytical people in the village, Dennis Simpson, Ken Unger. How are you today, Mr. Ken? Oh, I'm pretty good. Thank you, uh, Mr. Simpson. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I, I don't sound like I'm doing well, but I promise. I'm. I, well, you know, uh, this big orange thing came out of the sky today that i haven't seen in about three weeks i know it made it it made a presence didn't it, it Just made it pre- and, and I, I it may have actually cheered me up a little i don't know you know we have people ask all the time what are the seasons like in the village and uh when I, people say what's winter like i'm like it's gray and it rains right yeah. <laughs> that about fair that's well, fair <laughs> tell me what we're looking at right here mr ken well we are looking at uh Right outside the Cortez Pavilion at uh, the bottom of Lake Cortez, right by the boat launch ramp. And I'm what gonna... you see to your left there is uh, what we are contracting to help us get areas of Cortez Lake uh, dredged without having to lower the lake anymore. And that is called an amphibious excavator. So this is basically a backhoe on floating pylons. Am I correct? Yep. Each of those sides is like a pontoon with tracks on it. And uh, this guy can take this thing on land and water and uh, get to anywhere in the lake, basically. That is a remarkable product. That is a it, remarkable product. By the way, I'm well, going to... Let me I was just going to say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna le- these are YouTube videos that I've recorded with my drone, and I will put the yeah, higher, ver- higher resolution versions up a little later to talk about. You and I are going to have to talk after this. I, I, I can see some <laughs> possibilities here. <laughs> yeah, I've done this a little while. I did this for uh, Brad last year when we were at Lake Panada. And Very apparently, nice. I, I didn't mean to go so stinking fast here. I can slow it down just a little. What I found remarkable, and by the way, even with the water down, it's an absolutely beautiful area. But yeah. um, what I found remarkable was the number of sticks 
in the in the lake. I mean, hundreds of sticks, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. We have, uh, there's a lot of stuff in the lake. Uh, geothermal systems. We have uh, lines from people's irrigation systems, sticks, tires. Really? All kinds of stuff. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're going to do a little cleanup as, as part of this effort. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, individuals that have stuff in the lake will take this opportunity to uh, inspect their uh, apparatus and make sure it's in good shape before we have to fill it back up. But, uh, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a quite interesting uh, endeavor for me. I mean, I, I lived on a Cova Balboa at one point where they were doing uh, excavation in it, but, you know, being thrust into the, of the full scope of it here and then looking at alternatives uh, courtesy of uh, Mr. Knowles, who came mm-hmm. up with this uh, amphibious excavator, who, by the way, you know, one of the beauties of this is he lives in, I think, Jacksonville, Arkansas. Really? So this guy, the guy he, that runs this amphibious dredge. Yeah. Yeah. So he, you know, he's, he's a local boy who gets to come here and go home every night after he, he's done dredging, which is good for him, but really good for us because it keeps his mobilization costs down. So it's just another way we're, we're, we're saving money in, in how we deal with this guy. But, um, you know, and I was telling you about this, I think in one of our last discussions about how we're, we're saving money here. And, you know, part of this, I think worth talking about, which I just met with the lakes, uh, ad hoc committee, uh, you know, they were reviewing the, the lakes rules is, and the lakes committee this morning, actually is, is really clarifying our objectives on lake dredging. You know, when, when I took over, you know, what, what I heard was, you know, we're going in and we're taking all the silt out of the lake. Uh, we're going to hard pan. And, uh, you know, we're not we're not stopping till it's over. And, and, and yet, despite those edicts, um, you know, we, we would I would hear complaints about people that couldn't get out of their boat docks after lakes are being dredged. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we didn't finish the dredging uh, in the time frame allotted. Um, and we were spending tons of money. Um, so, you know, we, we took a step back here and, and said, you know, what what are our objectives with lake dredging? Why, why are we doing it? Well, and not only that, what's really realistic? Hard pan? Really? Everything? Right. Man, there's right. so much debris happen. from 50 years. That's right. And and then we looked at how we were doing it with the, uh, you know, me- mechanical dredging, which which we still are doing, but also the hydraulic dredging. And the hydraulic dredging was was very expensive, and it was leaving bags of, of material in places we can't, we couldn't even get to, or at least not easily get to. And then they had limitations on how far they could move the material, right? So, um, you know, it limited where we could even use them. And, was and was so, it even as effective as the as the the floating dredge? Well, what, that remains to be seen. You know, we're we're going to look at that, but part of that is the strategy difference, right? So, you know, why are we dredging the lake? And I think you know what we realized is there, there's there's a couple main goals. Is you know when when you have situations where silts washing in in, in coves and channels, we need to get that material out. You know, it, it's causing those areas to be unnavigable. And that's a key mm-hmm. word in, in what we're talking here. Navigability yeah. of the lake. That's that's the main focus of what we're trying to do here. So, you know, so we go in and we can do those ourselves, which is historically what's been done in the village. Right. You get some skid steers, you go in there, you pull the material out. We can use that material. Right. So, mm-hmm. so part of the effort here is, you know, uh, pulling that material out and using it for golf course, for, for parks and wrecks, for areas that we need to fill in. Um, so, you know, we're, we're leveraging that as far as pulling material out. And then the last but not least is we don't need to dredge for the sake of dredging. We need to dredge to free up. I, I'm calling it free the dock, you know, free the boat. You know, we literally had people, we're, what we're doing on Cortez right now is taking this uh, amphibious excavator 
and he's going from dock to dock area, basically up in the coves, in the coves, and going, can they get out? And if they can't, we're cutting channels for them to get out. So they may have an area where the cove is nine or ten feet deep, but up by where their their dock is, they they're they're, they're too shallow. And some of these people haven't been able to get their boats out for ten years. Are you so serious? I'm serious. We we literally Todd had a woman come up to him two weeks ago. She was uh, crying in joy that because she, she hadn't been able to get her boat out for for like ten years. And Are you, wow, you know, yeah. So and we we have this in a lot of places, believe it or not, um, where where we've said we've dredged, but when it's all said and done, people still can't get out. Well, you know, so, I live on DeSoto, and a couple of mm-hmm. years ago, uh, another another gentleman who I shall not name at this time was just kind of furious with me and, and with me, he was, he was venting to me every couple of weeks. Well, look, this isn't getting done and this isn't getting done. And this isn't getting done. And I remembered thinking I saw at the time, Brad was pushing tremendous amounts of material up Sierra lane of drive on the side and some green space. And mm-hmm. I thought this is going to take forever. When, when are they raising the lake back up? And, and they really, I don't know that they actually got all that area done at this time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of areas uh, on DeSoto that I, I still don't think are done uh, despite spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to, to dredge that lake. And, and the sad part is there's still people that were trapped. Yeah. You know, and in, your, your question job. back to your point, why? I mean, why, why are we doing this? If we're not going to give you access to the lake, if we're not, if we're going to let your, your cove dock silt in to where you can't get a 18 inch pontoon boat in the, in the water, then why are we even dredging? Right. That's right. So, so we've changed our, 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 our focus. And this is part of what, you know, I think lowers costs, but also accomplishes something that, that matters to the, to the, to the community, which is, you know, we're going to use our skid steer uh, to clean up coves where we can recover material that we can use elsewhere in the village. Mm-hmm. And the beauty with this amphibious excavator is we don't even need to lower the lake to actually do what we want to do with this guy. He so can, it can deep down. It can deep he, down through the... Well, if you think about the areas that we have problems, right? So people right. who can't get out, the material's within two to three feet of the surface. So we can literally have him come in. He has a barge, floating barge too. So if we have easy access to that barge, he can actually excavate out at, around the docks put that material into the barge, we can take it out, or we can just have them pull it into the deeper parts of the lake so that people can get out. And, and we can do that. My goal, and, and I, I, I got to be careful making this commitment, but my goal is that by this time next year, there won't be one locked up dock in the village that wow. we will have freed every, every boat owner's uh, access to to their lake that's that's our goal and that's subject to obviously the lake itself being deep sure. enough i mean there's some that we have shallow issues on but sure but for the most part if we do do approach this the way that i'm hoping you know that will be a spot dredging technique that we'll use moving forward only when we have access issues and then we'll do our 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 skid steer dredging as we lower lakes on a schedule that's set up for uh you know, people that need to work on their bulkheads and their docks themselves. So that that would be the only case where we would really need to lower the lake like we're doing at Cortez today is is lowered enough so they can get access to their docks and, and seawalls. Yeah, and that'll, well, that'll accomplish some things, too, because we've got people with geothermal systems right now where we're down really low because, you know, of what we're, how we're doing it this year. Mm-hmm. Moving forward, it may not be this bad, and, and, and we won't have to, you know, hopefully lower it as much as we're lowering it now. And that remains to be seen, but 
that that is actually the the hope as we move forward here. So, yeah, and and you see where I'm showing you. This is some other drone yep. footage that we have of Cortez. This is up near the the mouth. Um, there's just a lot of sticks and a lot of debris, and I mean, fifty years roughly of yeah. debris, and and it's not realistic to dredge it all out. Why would we want the lake to be fifteen feet deep in every place? But at the same yep. time, if you have a boat dock, it would kind of be implied that you should be able to use your boat dock, right? That's right. And if there's areas within the lake, like we're, we're actually going to hit Coronado. My hope is to also hit DeSoto. We'll see what happens after that this year. If there's areas that are high points in the lake, uh, you know, where we may have a shallow buoy uh, notification, we could go in there and literally pull that material out and, and put it in the barge and get rid of it. And uh, okay. so, so we're going to strategically strategically dredge the lakes to make them usable and navigable for all the people that that live on it and that need to access it from the boat ramps and stuff. We've had hundreds of thousands of dollars allocated for this, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and where we did DeSoto, DeSoto and and Cortez are similar in size. Would that be fair? Uh, yeah, I think so. 210, 187, that kind of thing. They're they're roughly in that same size. My, my point here being is that we, We weren't able in one year to do all of DeSoto, but you're going to do all of Cortez and then move back to DeSoto and do Coronado too, or some parts that's of our it? plan. I think that's our plan right now for, for, for less than a, probably less than half, if not a third of what we paid to, to what we did on DeSoto. That's, yeah, where, where, where do we send our Christmas cards to Mr. Knowles again? Where, where's that, yeah. what's that address? <laughs> POA building. POA building. POA Actually, building. he's over at the pit, but you know. That's right. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's the hope. And we'll come in and we'll like, even by here where the boat ramp is, we'll probably come in and we'll excavate some of that out. So it's more easy access to the center of the lake for boats being dropped in. But even there, you know, some of these, and it's really interesting because when I got here, you know, they did all these silt depth measurements, but you know, they're measuring silt depths in portions of the lake that are like nine feet deep. So you're like, well, do we really need to go in there and, and by, you know, and I'm not a biologist, but you know, I would think from a, from a habitat standpoint, you know, having some soil on the bottom of the lake actually provides a better habitat for fish eggs and other things that, you know, help, help to improve the fish population in, in our lakes, which, you know, everybody wants as well. So sure. you know, I, I think, you know, the, re, the revisiting of our strategy here and what we're trying to accomplish, I, I hope will make a difference to the residents and, and hopefully re- dramatically reduce our costs. Uh, that we've experienced in the past uh, doing it the other ways we've done it. So this we'll really, and, and Todd had alluded to this in a private conversation with me months ago, just I, he, and he wouldn't say, you know, he wouldn't narrow down. He just said, I think we can, maybe yep. this would work. It's something we're looking into, but this is a tremendous game changer by any stretch. I think so. I mean, I, I really do. We'll see how it works out so far. Like I said, we've had several residents that, have come out to us and expressed their gratitude for unlocking them, uh, you know, with the approach we've taken here. And yeah. uh, at the end of the day, I, I think that's what it's about. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it turns out with everybody. And by the end of this year, you'll be able to judge whether or not we, we were successful. And uh, by the number of lakes, we actually were able to touch for the budget we had. Well, and I hate them not to be critical, but when we're running the skid steers around and it's been muddy and it's whatever, it really looks like we're just kind of moving mud pies around at some point. And I'm not trying to, that's yeah. not to be critical. I mean, it's hard to see that that's making a lot of progress as opposed to with this dredge, you're, you're actually kind of spot shotting some yep. of the things you need where you can go to particular places. If you had told me 
that you could have put a backhoe on top of something and it would float, I would have gone, eh, I'm not so sure about that. I know, right? I mean, that that's, you know, one of the things that, uh, and it's funny how Todd found this guy, literally. He he was looking at looking it up where he could, uh, he found that this existed. He went to a manufacturer to see if they, they would rent one. And, and they said, no, we don't rent them. But by the way, we just sold one to a guy in Arkansas. And he was like, well, can you give me his name? Yeah. And, you know, called him up and, and here he is. And, uh, you know, just to answer one of your questions about the skid steer, Sue, we're actually changing that process a little bit. We actually have a, uh, you know, a, a backhoe that we're, we've put into some of these coves to actually push large quantities of dirt up to the ramp where the skid steers can then pull them up, you know, oh. in and out. So, so they don't have to move as far. So we're doing stuff like that, too, to help become a little more efficient. Um, we didn't do it initially on this this uh, cove by the pavilion, uh, mm-hmm. but when, you know, at, at one point, and I have a photo of it where we had the backhoe down there actually pushing piles closer to their on and off ramps so they could start, you know, pulling it out. Yeah. Um, you know, that worked a lot better and made it a lot more efficient and faster. So, you know, we did that in a couple other codes. You know, it's one of those things, and, and I know you have an engineering mind. I, I think had I not moved into technology, engineering would have been something I might have liked to do simply because... I'll lay in bed and go, hang on, this works this way. And that would fix this. And this would, th-. and then you get up and it's completely different than what you imagine because it's not how you envisioned it. You know, sure. many times I can tell you the number of times I fixed my car in my head and then raised the hood and went, it doesn't have one of those. It's yeah. 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 All you that have to to adapt. Say, yeah. Yeah. You have to adapt all yeah. that to say, when you say we're going to dredge the lake and you lower the levels, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to, Hey, it's just mud down there. How are we going to, Mm, it's it's a it's literally a stickier mess than what you might imagine uh, academically, right? Sure, sure. And you know what I'll say is, you know, a lot of the, you know, again, we're looking at areas uh, as a priority where you know you know that the silt's coming in from the coves. You can see it every time it rains, right? Yeah. And we're working on trying to fix the upstream areas there too, so that doesn't become a re- recurring problem over and over again. But but you know, some of these areas in Lake Cortez, you look out at it. And the boat docks themselves are set at the level of the bottom of the lake, the footings. That material has been there since that lake was built. Okay. Really? So you don't necessarily need to go in and excavate all that material out. It's part of the natural bottom of the lake. Is there shale two or three feet below that? Probably. Do we need to go in there and haul all that out? No. That's part of the environment, habitat. Yeah. Did, did they build that boat dock on, on top of the shale? probably no. not maybe they, they built no. it on top of what dirt that was there during the last time it was down that's right that's right so that's you know right. it's 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 been there for a long time so i mean i i'm pretty optimistic about what, what we're doing there and uh, hopefully the residents will see it hopefully we make a difference in some of the other lakes this year that we weren't planning to do but but, but are able to squeeze it in with how we're how we're working here and i would just say uh if you're if you're a lake owner here and you have problems uh accessing the lake you live on you know, you should let Todd Knowles and or myself know about it. Uh, so as we develop our plans on which lakes to hit moving through the rest of this year or into next year that, you know, we can we can tackle them with this guy. So, that is K Unger at HSVPOA.org or T Knowles, N-O-T as in Todd, N-O-L-E-S at HSVPOA.org. And I, I'm going to ask, just to be frank and be fair about this, <clears throat> those of you that are impressed with this project and like how this is done, Send a copy to Mr. Ken, send a copy to Mr. Todd, and tell them you think this is doing a good job and you're using our dollars well. If you got something to complain about, complain about too, but don't be shy to to brag on the process as if it were. Yeah, any feedback is good feedback. This way we have some, uh, you know, especially if you live on the lake, as to whether or not this is working for you. 
Yeah. You know, we need feedback. Well, sure. I tell you what, for this episode of Hot Springs Village Inside Out, I'm Dennis Simpson. He's Ken Unger, and we will see you next time. Thanks for watching and listening to Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a weekly podcast starring Hot Springs Village, Arkansas. Visit the website at hotspringsvillageinsideout.com.